From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Thursday, October 13th edition of Washington Watch. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, coming up, more bad news on the economic front for American families and more bad political news for President Biden and his party of spenders. Inflation in the U.S. has hit a 40-year high. Consumer price index released this morning climbed again to 8.2 percent compared to last year. Now, this reveals the economic challenges facing American families. Obviously bracing for the negative report, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said this yesterday. We have to remember what the president, this president inherited when he walked in. He walked in into an economy where uh, businesses were shutting down, the majority of schools were shut down, uh, and he had to put forward a comprehensive uh, COVID uh, strategy to make sure that people were getting shots in arms. Well, we now know those shots were about as effective as his economic policy. Ken Blackwell, former mayor of Cincinnati and former Ohio Secretary of State, will join me in just a moment. In a related story, Saudi Arabia, the de facto leader of OPEC, stated yesterday the Biden administration pleaded with OPEC to delay their cut in oil production until after the November election. Now, the, the request was an apparent effort to keep gas prices from skyrocketing again before voters headed to the polls. Again, they're suggesting it's a political one, that your strategy is political, that your effort I to get I understand what they're suggesting, and what I'm saying story. to you is that our strategy, I, I understand what they are suggesting, and what I'm saying to you is that our strategy has always been grounded in an assessment of the economics of the situation and what is prudent for the global economy, for U.S. economy and U.S. families. Now, that was White House uh, National Economic Director Brian Dees on Bloomberg with Jonathan Farrell. Now, if, if it was all about what made sense economically and to ensure that families in America were taken care of, we would have domestic production. This is not about American families. It's not about what makes economic sense. It's about pure politics and elections. Now, the question I have was President Biden doing what President Trump was impeached for when Democrats accused him of using his government power to pressure Ukraine for political favors? You remember that? We're going to talk about that a little later here on Washington Watch. Well, amidst all the global unrest, the Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party will be meeting this weekend in Beijing, where they're expected to elect Xi Jinping to a third term as general secretary. Now, what will this historic third term mean for China, and what will it mean for the rest of the world? We're going to talk about that with Asian expert Gordon Chang later here on Washington Watch. And last month, the head of Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, said this before the Senate Banking Committee. We live in the greatest country in the world, built on foundational principles of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, the sanctity of the individual, and the promise of equality and opportunity for all. These core values are the fabric that binds us as Americans, where the best of what we are shines through, especially in times of adversity. Wow, that sounds great. Makes you want to open a bank account at Chase. Well, there's only one problem. It's just words that he's reading. They're actually canceling the accounts of those who exercise the freedom of speech and religion. Former Ambassador Large for International Religious Freedom, Sam Brownback, joins me later to explain. You won't want to miss that conversation. Because if you have a Chase bank account, you may want to start looking for another one. Uh, 
Finally, the parents, parents with children in Maryland's largest public school district accidentally found out what school officials refused to disclose to them. Data collected by the school on students shows a 528% increase in gender nonconformity. Now, you probably ask, why are they even collecting that information? Well, how the data was accidentally released is very telling. But there's other questions. Are these numbers accurate? And if so, what is driving the skyrocketing number of children saying that their gender is different than their biological sex? We're going to talk about this with FRC's Meg Kilgannon later on Washington Watch. The word for today comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 2. And Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. You know, it reminds me of Dr. Martin Luther King's understanding of the critical role of the church when he said this, quote, the church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state and never its tool. If the church does not recapture its, pol- its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. End quote. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 5, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. The church cannot have that preserving influence on government and the culture if it goes silent on the truth. We must speak the truth of God's word. Today, we want to give a special greeting to WMCH Radio 1260 on the AM dial, known as the Old Fashioned Way, based in Churchill, Tennessee. WMCH has been carrying Washington Watch for some time now, but I've not had the pleasure of welcoming them as broadcasting partners. A special thanks to Ron Gordon for making this possible. We're thrilled that WMCH is a part of the Washington Watch family. And speaking of listeners, for those of you in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, I'll be, uh, I'll be there with you this weekend. Actually, on Sunday morning, I'll be at Hopewell, Hopewell Baptist Church in Monroe, North Carolina, right outside of Charlotte. And if you'd like to join us, come on out and join us. And then Sunday night, I'll be at Trinity Baptist Church in Mooresville for Pray Vote Stand, North Carolina. Service begins at 6 p.m. There'll be a number of candidates for office who will be joining us there as well. And we invite you to come out Sunday night as well at 6 p.m. at Trinity Baptist Church in Mooresville. Inflation data released yesterday reveals the consumer price index rose 8.2% through September, continuing at a pace not seen in four decades. The financial markets plunged after the news, with investors anticipated even higher rates, interest rates coming from the Federal Reserve. Now, this especially hammers the average working family as skyrocketing prices for housing, food, and gas put a dent in their standard of living, as great as any other economic factor. So far, the Biden administration has proven incapable of addressing this issue, only calling to spend more money, which fuels the inflation. So what should the administration be doing? Joining me now to discuss this is Ken Blackwell, Senior Fellow for Human Rights and Constitutional Governance here at the Family Research Council and former mayor of the city of Cincinnati. Ken, welcome back to Washington Watch. Tony, good to be with you. All right. So your reaction, Ken, to the latest inflation numbers? It's just exploding, Tony, the misery index uh, that actually measures the uh, the bad experience people are having at the gas pump and the, the grocery lines, 
uh, it is we've we've watched a deterioration of real family income rapidly in less than two years of the Biden administration. Uh, and so uh, this this inflation is coming at a time when Biden has moved us from energy uh, independence to energy dependence. Uh, and what that has meant is that there's been a slowing of economic ex expansion. Uh, and at this at this point, what we're seeing is is the the, the transformation of an opportunity society, which is what you have when there's economic growth uh, and, 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 and freedom uh, to one of uh, uh, an expanded welfare state. And so this is a direct attack on the concept of free citizens trying to convert us to subjects. Uh, earlier, subjects of a welfare state. Uh, Ken, earlier today, the president uh, out in California was asked about this, and uh, this was his response to the uh, index that was released. Uh, play clip number uh, 10, please. When the, uh, uh, the House and Senate gets back, they're going to have to, uh, there's going to be some consequences for what they've done with Russia. That, that was the wrong clip. I called for the wrong one. Play uh, clip number 12. A lot of people are hurting these days. Today's report shows, though, some progress. Overall, inflation was 2% over the last three months. That's down from 11% over the prior three months. And that's progress. Um, you talk about political spin. That, that's some real good spin. Uh, look, uh, I, you know, I like to say that the president must have fallen and bumped his head, or he thinks that we're stuck on stupid, and we're, 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 we're not. We, we have watched this guy and his administration, that what I call a clown car, drive our economy into the ground. And he, he can deny all that he wants about the economy that he inherited, but he has destroyed it. He has destroyed our, our buildup of our su southern border. He, in fact, has ushered in a, a crime wave that is riddled with fentanyl that are killing our kids you know, about at about a hundred thousand uh, a year. This is crazy, uh, and his his party will pay a price at the polls this November. Uh, speaking of November, the Biden administration urged Saudi Arabia, uh, OPEC, to delay the uh, slash or the cut in production to try and prevent the rise in fuel prices prior to the election. They said, just delay it for a month. Um, doesn't this sound a lot like what the Democrats went after Donald Trump for and impeached him, saying that he was using his political power to get political favors from Ukraine? Yeah, what happened is that they created some fiction. This is not fiction. This is a real move. And I think it is an abuse of power that has to be corrected by congressional oversight. That is why it is so important uh, that uh, the Republicans win back control of the House from uh, uh, Pelosi and company. Uh, and I think that if we can do, use the momentum that's out there, we can actually gain a couple of seats in the in the Senate and put the brakes on this madness. It this this is crazy. This is an existential threat to our constitutional republic. Uh, and I, I will tell you, Tony, 
if in fact we don't engage and we don't stop this madness, uh, we in fact will see uh, an end to our constitutional republic. The, the White House, you know, responding to the pushback that's coming for this request that they made to Saudi Arabia, said, well, we were just asking for a month for them to meet again and assess things. What difference would one month make? This smacks of pure politics. And it, it's, it's more of the gaslighting of the left where they accuse conservatives and Republicans of doing the very thing that they make a living doing. Just think about it. These guys have made a choice. They would rather deal with Iran uh, and uh, Venezuela uh, and, and Russia than to deal with American producers of energy right. here in this country. Well, and that, uh, that that's another good point, Ken, because that's actually probably a lot of what's driving Saudi Arabia to not be responsive to the Biden administration, because they are very concerned about Iran having nuclear weapons because they're number two on the list right after uh, Israel. Uh, Ken, we're out of time. Great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you, Tony. And folks, again, you know, it bears repeating. I know we've heard it before, but this is all self-inflicted. Had this administration not consistently taken policy positions that has cut off domestic production of oil, and as they've embraced this green goblin, I mean, we wouldn't be in this predicament. All right, coming up next, Gordon Chang joins us to talk about China in a big meeting this weekend. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, so be sure and check it out. The Chinese Communist Party's National Congress begins this Sunday. Of course, it's uh, pretty well choreographed. And it's a foregone conclusion that uh, General Secretary Xi Jinping will extend his leadership during the event. She has spent a decade consolidating power and most expected, he'll add even more loyal allies to the party leadership in the coming Congress as he will be elected to his third term. Now, this comes at a time with many issues emerging between the U.S. and China, including reports of spying, trade wars, and the always difficult situation with Taiwan that seems to be intensifying. Now, consider this, considering all of this, what should the U.S. approach be? And what may the people of China be facing in days ahead? Joining me now to discuss this is China expert Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. He can be found on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you so much, Tony. All right. So what do you expect from the big gathering this week of the Chinese Communist Party? Well, the Communist Party has become less transparent, um, but everybody does believe that Xi Jinping, as you said, will get his third term as general secretary of the party. He probably will accumulate power, um, but everyone will be watching for his work report, um, which will be on Sunday, um, and that will give clues to where it's going. And there will be other events during the week-long um, event um, that will tell us what's going on. But right now, it does look like um, this is going to be a very different China going forward because Xi Jinping will have less restraints on his very grand ambitions. Well, it didn't look like he had many restraints coming up to this point with the way he dealt with COVID and the lockdowns. I mean, I would think that uh, this consolidation of power would certainly be chilling to the people of China. It is. And indeed, yes, today there was a demonstration uh, on the Third Ring Road in Beijing, and there were pointed comments about Xi Jinping and the banners, um, which was actually took everybody by surprise because the uh, security arrangements of the party up to now have really been obsessive. Uh, they've been countrywide, and nobody really expected any demonstration of protest against Xi. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit looking forward and what 
the relationship may be between the United States and China, which is uh, rocky to say the least. The Biden administration released its national security strategy yesterday. Now, you believe it underestimates China's assault on America. Why is that? We should be calling the Chinese what they call us, which is enemy. In May 2019, People's Daily, which is the most authoritative source in China, declared a quote-unquote people's war on America. Um, The national security strategy, on the other hand, just talks about competition with China. Um, China intends more than just competition. It intends to take down the international system. It intends worldwide Chinese rule. Chinese officials have even been talking about the moon and Mars as sovereign Chinese territory. So we've got to recognize the breadth of the challenge. Yes, we're competing with China, but that really is an inadequate term for what's going on. China is one of the biggest backers of Russia, and they're not backing off despite the fact that uh, Russia's and Putin are getting their tail whooped. Uh, But it appears that China's actually playing this pretty smart because while the United States is is putting billions into Ukraine to fight Russia, they're putting billions into their war machine. Well, they are. And the one thing about the Biden administration is that it warns China about supporting the Ukraine war effort of Russia, but it doesn't impose costs for doing it. We know that China is not only with its elevated commodity purchases effectively financing the war, but it's opening up its financial system to sanctioned Russian institutions. China's providing military assistance to the Russians, and that is supposedly a red line, but the Biden administration is not doing anything about it. And so um, China right now is get the both, best of both possible worlds, gets cheap commodities from Russia. And it doesn't really suffer that much in the way of costs of, uh, from the Ukraine effort from the United States. Now you mentioned you're getting the cheap commodities because competition's not there. No one else is able to buy those Russian uh, commodities because of the sanctions. And so they're the only ones there. And, and they're f- obviously uh, fueling uh, Russia with funds. But they're, they're, they're benefiting from this. Well, they certainly are. And of course, they're um, bleeding uh, Ukraine. They're bleeding NATO and the United States. Um, And they're using Russia as a paw. Um, So we know that the Chinese actually green-lighted the invasion of Ukraine. That occurred on February 4th when Vladimir Putin was in Beijing. They issued their 5,300-word statement, which declared their no-limits partnership. And no-limits basically means no-limits. So what does this tell us, Gordon Chang, going forward about Taiwan? You know, China has been doing some saber-rattling. The United States, uh, you know, kind of uh, showing actually somewhat of a a schizophrenic approach. The president says one thing, his administration walks it back. Do you expect uh, anything to happen after this election to a historic third term? Xi Jinping has been um, rattling the sabers. And so um, with a consolidation of power, we've got to be concerned. We know one thing, Tony, and that is China has not only engaged in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War, it's also mobilizing Chinese civilian society for battle. And that's a really bad sign because that's an indication that uh, China could very well do something which we now think is unthinkable, and that is to invade Taiwan. Matter of fact, if you go back to the beginning of February this year, everyone was saying, oh, no, the Russians are just saber-rattling. They're not going to invade Ukraine. Well, 
you know, we see how that worked out. So we have to be concerned about Taiwan or India or Japan or the Philippines, the other victims of China. Well, actually, that goes all the way back to World War II as well. Uh, when Adolf Hitler was saying things, oh, no, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. Well, he did it. Gordon Chang, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Tony, and, and stay safe. All right, will do. You know, folks, uh, let me say something controversial. Not that I avoid controversy, but, you know, it's interesting. When you read through Scripture, peace always came when people, when a nation was following God and and walking in alignment with him. You know, when you look at back at the history of our country, the times of peace have been when, as a nation, domestically, we were doing what we should be doing. There are challenges on every front. Well, coming up next, large multinational financial institutions. Are they targeting religious groups? We're going to talk about it next with Sam Brownback. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, Students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Welcome back. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The National Committee for Religious Freedom is a nonpartisan, faith-based organization that defends the right of every American to live one's faith freely. Its advisory board includes members who are Christian, Hindu, Jewish, Latter-day Saints, and Muslim. Yet J.P. Morgan Chase recently canceled their bank account. Now, we just played a clip at the top of the show of Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO, saying how great America is because we have religious freedom and we have freedom of speech, and that's the fabric of our country that binds us together. Well, apparently, 
It doesn't guide the bank because they're canceling those who are not woke enough according to bank standards. Joining me now to discuss this, former U.S. Ambassador at Large for International Religious Freedom, Sam Brownback. Ambassador, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, Tony. Always good to join you. All right. Just to establish some facts, the National Committee for Religious Freedom is is not just a Christian group. It's uh, it's made up of, of people of different faiths, right? Oh, people of all different faiths. And we would have people on here of no faith at all, too, if they will stand for religious freedom for everybody, everywhere, all the time. That's our basic standard. So walk us through what happened here. Well, we started the National Committee for Religious Freedom uh, earlier this year. Uh, We opened a bank account with Chase Bank uh, and put funds in it. uh, And then we just started the process of building the organization up, a brand new organization. And we find out less than six weeks in it, we go to make another deposit uh, in it. And they said, your bank account's been canceled. We'll be sending you back your funds. Uh, That's it. And... And we were, we're stunned. We're kind of, well, why? What what happened? And uh, repeated efforts to contact people were, uh, we were told, well, uh, the decision was made at corporate level. It's secret. You're not, we're not going to tell you about it. And it's irrevocable. And that's it. Goodbye. That was what we, um, that was what we got. All right. I, I want to play, I made reference to this, but I want to play this clip of uh, the CEO of of Chase that uh, testified before the Senate. Uh, Play clip number five, please. We live in the greatest country in the world, built on foundational principles of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, the sanctity of the individual, and the promise of equality and opportunity for all. These core values are the fabric that binds us as Americans, where the best of what we are shines through, especially in times of adversity. Uh, a little hypocrisy, maybe? Well, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know why they decided to terminate us. We exist as a group specifically defend to defend people's right to free exercise, for you to be able to peacefully practice your faith in public or in private, uh, anytime, place, and whatever the faith or no faith at all. And we have people from all various religions, not all, but many different religions involved with us, so I don't know why we were canceled, uh, but I've heard this happening to other groups. And so we've put out there that, look, this happened to us, and we don't know why. We've written to the CEO uh, of Chase Bank, haven't heard back. Uh, I hope we will. Now, they, they did come back to you and say that they would reconsider, but only if you would provide your donor list and what candidates, of any, you would be supporting. Yeah, and you're going, that's not required under the law, and you wouldn't require that of other groups. And to my knowledge, you don't require that of other groups. Now, maybe they maybe they do, uh, but uh, we, by that point in time, had found another bank and, and went to another place. Ambassador, I mean, you've served as the governor of Kansas. You've served in the House of Representatives. You've served in the Senate. Are you not concerned by this trend that we see in corporate America that is basically serving as a a means of stifling speech in America through this uh, leftist ideology that they appear to be imposing on Americans? Well, I think these things need to be investigated. 
Tony, and that's why we've we've put this forward, why we've started this Chased Away campaign. And I don't know how many groups, but so far it's been dozens that I have personally talked to that have had a similar experience like this that are faith-based or faith-related organizations. And to me, this is terribly troubling. This is one of the very foundational pieces of human rights that allowed for the freedom of creation of this nation. We had a diverse religious body of people from different faiths uh, coming to this country to form a, a nation. And one of the core guarantees that they said we've got to give is religious freedom so people can personally practice the faith that they seek. They had left a continent in Europe where they couldn't do that. And they wanted that here and they fought for it here. And I think we've got to continue to fight for it in all the forums. Ambassador, we're, we're almost out of time. But very quickly, one final question for you. I mean, banks are heavily regulated. Is this not something that the, the, the regulators should look at if they're just arbitrarily canceling, refusing to do business with people based upon the fact that they might be religious or they may speak a message they disagree with? I think it ought to be looked into. Uh, I, I think this is one of those things that we ought to ask these regulators uh, to consider because I'm hearing about it way too much. We've got our own example. I never thought it happened to me, but it did. And to this organization, I think clearly these things need to be investigated at the state by state attorney generals and at yeah. the federal level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ambassador Sam Brownback, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for coming on and, uh, and sharing this information with us. Thanks, Tony. Good to see you. All right. And, and folks, if this hap has happened to you, I want to encourage you to reach out and share this information with Ambassador Brownback. I think we have a contact information at TonyPerkins.com. But this is the kind of stuff we've got to speak out against. We've got to stand up for freedom in this country lest we lose all of it. All right. Coming up next, well, just stick around. I'll tell you on the other side of the break what's going What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. 
with just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Washington Watch, I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. Hey, if you missed last night's Prevote Stand Town Hall meeting on Christian nationalism, well, you missed it. But not everyone missed it. Those that actually like to use the label on Christians who love God and also happen to love their country, well, they were a buzz on social media uh, as they tuned in to watch. And if you'd like to find out what got them all stirred up, well, you can actually go back and watch the event on demand. Go to TonyPerkins.com and you can follow the links over. It was really good. It really was. It was very informative, uh, helping people understand what's going on here, the history of this label, what it's designed and intended to do, and how we cannot give in to this. You know, we have to continue to walk out our faith as the Bible instructs us to do, loving God and loving our fellow man. And loving our fellow man means that we speak truth. We speak it in love, out of a heart of redemption, wanting to see them set free from that which binds them and holds them back from the freedom that Christ died to give all of us. And if we go silent, guess what happens? They'll never hear. So you might want to check it out. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Okay, the past two years, Montgomery County, which is the largest public school district in Maryland, has experienced, and I brace yourself for this, has experienced a 582% increase in students identifying as gender nonconforming. Now, this according to reporting from the Daily Caller. Now, this came not from data publicly released to parents or taxpayers who actually pay the bills, because they say they can't release that information. Instead, it was discovered when an educator posted an image from a school presentation on her Twitter account as they were celebrating LGBTQ. Now, the district already has a policy of not informing parents of a student's in-school gender identity without the student's consent. But what else could explain such a dramatic shift? And how should parents respond when their own children see such changes all around them? This is not isolated to Montgomery County. I mean, we need to be aware this is happening across America. 
With me now to talk about this is Meg Kilgannon, FRC Senior Fellow for Education Studies. She served at, at the U.S. Department of Education in the Trump administration. Meg, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you for having me, Tony. Okay, so before we get into some numbers, let's talk, uh, let's talk definitions, uh, because definitions are important, at least to us as conservatives. Uh, gender nonconforming, what does that mean? Well, I always thought it meant that maybe you were a, a girl who enjoyed watching NASCAR races or hanging out with your dad fixing cars. Maybe you were a boy who enjoyed uh, maybe cooking. An or easy bake oven? Any, yeah, something along those lines, I had an easy lines, bake oven right? as a kid, okay? I love to cook. <laughs> So that, like that's what gender nonconforming means to me. Right. But apparently now, if you are in Montgomery County Public Schools and you tell a counselor this, a whole lot of things. But, can... but here in line, we're going to get to these numbers, but I, I, I want to prepare people for what's actually happening. I think the definitions are being changed. Agreed. Gender nonconforming, as you just pointed out, could be a girl who likes NASCAR mm-hmm. or who likes to go outside and wrestle with the boys or... Uh, a, a young kid, a boy, that likes to bake or things like that. That's all of a sudden sure. they're locked into this gender nonconforming, uh, which takes this broad umbrella approach, which would include being transgender, right? Right. Well, it's it's assuming that stereotypes define the human person, right? And we know that we're all created in the image and likeness of God. But I thought we're the left was unique. against stereotypes, right? <laughs> Well, they're they're pretty confused about a lot of things, and so we'll add this to the list. Okay, so let's get into the specifics here. A 582% increase in the last two years. All right, so what's driving? And this is elementary, middle, and high school. Right. I mean, elementary school kids. So it's not an official number because this is something that was reported as was reported to a teacher. So it's not from an official set of data, right? Why are they keeping but, this data? What are they keeping it, though? Well, they, they, if the point of the group is LGBTQ plus pride, then they need to be relevant, but right? But this is and the so school. But this is the this school. This is the, the teacher is reporting these numbers, and this is a way for her to be necessary in her advocacy for her issue, right? right? But, but the data is being collected by the school, by counselors and school officials, why is the school collecting this information right. if they can't be released to parents or to the public? I, I agree with you that they shouldn't be. But the, the, according to what we read in this reporting, this, the children are going to counselors right. and they are declaring themselves these identities. So then you and have so the, then the teacher is right. releasing those numbers. But right? only to her but advocacy group to, her, to celebrate yes. the fact that they've confused the minds of all these children. <laughs> They, they're, so it's not, a, it's not a survey of all the students in the school. It's not a survey of all the right. students in Montgomery County, right? It's a, it is students who have gone to a counselor, right. perhaps in a particular school or in a few schools, and declared themselves to be these things. However, even with that, all of those qualifiers, is this not being official, the, the increases in the numbers are very significant. Right. It is, it's alarming. But... I I guess my underlying issue is why is the school concerned with this? Why are they reporting and tracking this? I mean, why aren't they more concerned about reading and writing and their math scores? I mean, if in in my perfect world, if I were queen, uh, if a student came and reported this to a counselor, they would be referred home to their parent. Yeah, but they're specifically in this, they're specifically told they cannot, the, the school 
cannot tell the parents. Correct. If, if a student has a gender affirmation plan or the student declares the parent is unsafe to have this information, then the parent in Montgomery County will not be told. Um, uh, th- this... It's a it's a violation of common sense. Obviously, well, it's a, a violation parental of parental rights. I mean, yes. you were hiding this from a parent of a child, and you're allowing them to 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 play make believe at school and be a different gender, go by a different name, different pronoun, and the parents are never informed of this. And of course, it appears to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears to me based upon this story, and I understand we're only seeing one side, we're seeing this story, but we can't see the other side because they hide it. Right. But it looks like they're fostering an environment that would welcome this so they can celebrate it. Indeed. I think that's accurate. Um, The counselors are um, obviously um, taking in the information. They're um, willing to entertain these questions and explore these areas with students. Um, this, this, when you and I were in school, we, we, this wouldn't have been, this kind of conversation wouldn't have been entertained. It would have been inappropriate. It would have been an inappropriate intrusion into your personal life for anybody at the school to discuss this kind of matter with you. And you would have been sent to your parents immediately so that you could work this out. Well, I mean, we've had the conversation on our kids were not in public schools. We homeschooled our kids, which I strongly suggest for parents, especially in this day when the schools, public schools, have become cesspools of leftist indoctrination. Now, having said that, I am grateful for Christians who are still going into education and, and working in these public schools. I pray for them as missionaries. We send them into these uh, these places. But I tell you what, the public schools are not for our kids. Uh, absolutely not. We need to have our churches doing uh, you know, setting up learning centers. We need to look at private school options. We need to look at homeschool options. We cannot allow the minds of our children to be polluted. Now, having said that, I know some folks, they're, 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 maybe they feel like they don't have any options. Maybe they don't. How should parents, but it's not limited to the public schools. I mean, this is in the culture right. all around us. It's right. even in our churches. It's, How should yes. parents talk to their children about this to find out what's happening? Because a lot of kids... They're not going to come talk to their parents. The parents will be the last ones to find out. How do the parents initiate a protection plan (laughs) around the minds of their children? Well, the most important thing you can do is be the most important relationship your child has, is the the relationship they have with you as their parent. And with parents are under a lot of pressure, they're working, they're busy. Um, That doesn't excuse you from your responsibility as a parent to parent your child and to... Who did you sit with at lunch? Right. Who, who, you know. And I would tell you, parents are a little timid about having some of these conversations about the birds and the bees because, you know, they were in their teenage years or, you know, maybe even older when they had that conversation with their parents. And so, hey, I don't want to, I don't Look, their kids are hearing it. Yes. And so they need to hear the truth from the parents. And there's a, there's a billion dollar porn industry out there that's going to talk to your kids about sex. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. And whether you think you're there or, or not, it's happening. And so we need to get we, we need to make sure that our children understand God's beautiful plan for human sexuality, the importance of reserving sex for marriage, the importance of of how, how much we value children that are generated in within marriage and, and outside of marriage. We value children. They're important 
and we show the, our, our own children that children are important by parenting them well right. and really engaging with them on these important topics. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to, to, to tell your children things they're not ready for by any stretch of the imagination, but you do have to make sure that you're, you are aware of the things that they're being exposed to, the kinds of friends that they have, the kinds of conversations that they're having. You know, when you're driving the carpool, just listening to the talk will teach you a lot yes. about what's going on. And that's, that's good. Somebody, just listen for those kind of phrases and key words, but then also just ask questions. You don't have to tell. You just ask. Ask questions. And kids, you know, depending on the, I know every child's different, but uh, most of mine love to talk. And you just ask them a question and they'll, they'll talk to you. Right. And, and I think we need, as parents, we need to be asking these you know, probing questions to find out what they're learning, what they're hearing, and who's talking to them. Because you know, the term has been used, and I believe it applies in many cases, there's grooming going on yes. for, for these kids. And if we're not protecting them, they're going to be preyed upon. Absolutely. And, and we need to also remember that the children who are identifying in this way and are entertaining this, this potential lifestyle choice or what, what, however we're talking about it these days, Tony, um, you know, they are, they are victims of a lie of a misunderstanding of what is the human person and what am I for? We are here. We are made for love. We're made for love in love for love by God who is love, right? right? It, it, and, goes, it goes back to what I was saying before. We, we cannot shrink back from speaking truth on human sexuality because the truth is what makes us free. It's what enables us to be fulfilled and find purpose and meaning in life by living by God's design. Right. And, and considering things from the child's point of view, children have a right that will never conflict with parental rights. Right. Children have a right to life. They have a right to their minds. They have a right to know who their parents are. They have a right to their bodies not being mutilated, right? right? They have a right to their minds not being deformed. And so when we think about things in those terms, it might become a little easier to entertain some of the more difficult questions with our children. Yeah. Uh, I want to switch gears. We've just got a couple minutes left. But uh, Dearborn, Michigan, uh, we, we hear that this, is, that this issue of LGBTQ stuff is just something Christian nationalists are concerned right. about. But in Dearborn, Michigan, Muslim and conservative Christian parents really filled up the school board meeting protesting this radical LGBTQ curriculum. Tell us about it. Yes, it, it's been happening in uh, the United Kingdom, too, a much smaller, geographically smaller country with a lot of denser population. And they've had a lot of immigration from Muslim nations. And so um, there we've seen this pushback and it, it, they're always about 10 years ahead of us on some social issues. And we're, now we're seeing this playing out here, too. Um, we, we in, in my advocacy in Fairfax County, where I, I lived, we did it. We, we approached um, the parents of all faiths and, of course, parents of conservative faiths, uh, of faiths that have an understanding of the human person and what, it's for, what we're for, do object to these programs. I guess the, the legacy media is having a hard time 
labeling these parents as Christian nationalists, being that uh, there was such a large Muslim population. Right. I think they'll get there, though, Tony. Yeah. I think they'll they'll work it out because, you know, you can call anybody a, a white supremacist these yeah. days, regardless of their race. I think they called um, the gentleman running for the governor of California a white supremacist at one yeah. point, right? Yeah. As it, it was interesting. Speaking of that, it was interesting uh, from, from some on the left who used the term Christian nationalist who watched our event last night interjected the word white Christian Christian, nationalists, which we didn't even mention because that would take out a lot of people who were there last (laughs) night because they were not just white. Yes, I think our I think some of our churches are a lot more diverse than the newsrooms of these groups. I think you're absolutely right. You know, they, 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 they talk about diversity, but you know what? There's no place that unifies the human race better than the church. Because we come from different economic backgrounds, we come from different ethnic backgrounds, and we all find common ground at the foot of the cross. Thanks be to God. Meg Kilgannon, always great to talk with you. Thank you. Thanks thanks so much for being with us. Thanks. And parents, I do. I, I cannot stress enough that we need to be involved in having these conversations with our kids. There are those. And I'm talking about the spiritual enemy of our souls who uses people, but they want to destroy our kids. You know, the scripture says Satan walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And our children have become open prey. We must protect them. All right. Thanks so much for being with us today. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. And again, for those of you in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, I'm going to be there this weekend. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com, to find out where. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.